Hey listeners, welcome to the show. So this month's episode will actually be a listener request. Uh, We got an email in uh, to the Kinky Boys Podcast Gmail account uh, from Ollie. And Ollie has written, Hey, thanks so much for the podcast. I really enjoy listening to it. Please, can you consider doing an episode on spanking? I'd love to listen to that. Thanks, Ollie. Well, Ollie, I loved the suggestion. And so I got my friend Dave on to give us um, a grounding in spanking with his experience and knowledge. Um, So I hope you enjoy. And uh, yes, it's a great interview. Before we do the interview, I would just like to thank our Patreons who made this episode possible. So a big thank you to our show sponsor tier, um, Andrew Blackley, Connor Bone, Demon Boy, Deco Very, Brian C, Harry Hypnotist, and Matthew O'Mara, as well as a thank you to all our $1 tier subscriptions. You guys make this show possible. We're upgrading our equipment. Um, as I said last time, you've allowed us to go self-hosting, which has opened up so many more possibilities for stuff like video in the future. Thank you very much. If you want to sponsor the show, um, just go to our Patreon. It'll be in the doobly-doo in the show notes. Um, we really appreciate it. So with that being said, uh, on with to this month's interview. The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hey, so yes, today we are talking about spanking and today we have David on to help talk us through it. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. That's Hello. So, um, you're very much into spanking, as I understand it. Um, so you're going to share your experience with us and just answer a few questions. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Great. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, why don't we start with the basics? Um, what is a spanking fetish? I mean, spanking is basically just... It's impact play directed mm-hmm. towards a guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually done with a hand, oftentimes mm-hmm. while laying over someone's lap or with another implement. I, mm-hmm. for one, have a couple of paddles I like to use. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and I understand for some people this can just be a bit of uh, like foreplay, just, you know, spanking the ass to warm it up. As it were, but um, for some people, this is sort of the meat and potatoes. This is the main event that they really get off on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've met quite a few people like that. For a long time, Mm -hmm. I was kind of like that, too, uh, before my interests kind of started to expand. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so what about it is a turn on? Because for someone who's like not into pain or not into that scene, spanking seems like it'd be an unpleasant situation. Um, so what about it um, is like appealing? Uh, well, for me as a dominant, because I'm mm-hmm. a switch, mm-hmm. uh, as a dominant, I kind of, I mean, I like, I'm a bit of a sadist. I like to mm-hmm. cause pain. I think spanking is kind of intimate in that, it, and also just kind of inherently sexual because you are directing it towards the guys. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, as a submissive, uh, it's a bit trickier. I think that 
I mean, it's the same thing. It's kind of intimacy. My pain tolerance when it comes to spanking is actually quite low, so mm-hmm. can't do anything that intense. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'd say that's kind of the the basics of it. I mean, pain is good. Asses are good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, I, I also want to talk maybe a little bit about the headspace. Um, so there does seem to be, um, very much a, almost a ritualization, what I've seen in a lot of scenes. Um, they tend to replicate, um, certain power dynamics of authority. Um, like I know a lot of people mix it with sort of daddy play. Um, a lot of others are sort of bosses. I've seen a lot of spanking porn. It tends to be the boss calls you into the office and spanks you. Um, so what's going on in the psychology in the headspace when someone's doing a spanking scene? Okay. Uh, so I think as a dominant, it's more or less the same as any other, well, maybe not any other scene because, mm-hmm. you know, headspaces can vary, but I'm trying to think how do I best articulate this. As a submissive, let me start with that, actually. Okay. Uh, there was this one guy who I met and played with very mm-hmm. consistently for about a year uh, who was very much into this as, as like kind of a daddy role play type thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> um, what would happen is I would go over to his place mm-hmm. and usually I'd be a bit of a brat. Not always because yeah. I paid for that <laughs> if I was. <laughs> if I was. Uh, and he would lecture me, and then he would basically pull me by my ear, oftentimes, put me over his lap. Well, usually he'd actually strip me down before that, and mm-hmm. he'd spank me, and he'd lecture me a little bit, which was oddly very hot, personally. I'm not even quite sure why. I think, personally, why that in particular appealed to me so much was that there's something just kind of appealing about giving yourself up to this male authority figure who's also kind of affectionate, like you would cuddle afterwards and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So. I can see that. As I say, a lot of people seem to mix it with daddy play. And it is that yeah. sort of stern but caring authority figure. And, oh, a lot of sure. the, and a lot of the spanking scenes have that whole dynamic of this hurts me more than it hurts you. I'm doing this for your own good. Yeah. sort of like dynamic to it oh yeah for sure and i mean with that particular partner that was definitely the case mm-hmm. um i mean it worked for me i i don't mm-hmm. quite know why to be honest but i kept coming back and we had a really we, have a, we had a really great relationship truth be mm-hmm. told uh he's kind of distancing himself from kink now i think which is a little unfortunate but you know yeah. people change yeah. And I mean, it also seems like quite a vulnerable position to put yourself in. I mean, obviously, literally, because you're opening yourself up to pain, but also in a sort of um, the manner in which uh, people often do it. It's um, like you are literally told to bend across a lap. You're not restrained. You're not kept in place. It is sort of you have to obey the authority figure and put yourself in a vulnerable position 
vulnerable position. Oh, yeah. And I think that the vulnerability is very much part of the appeal and kind of mm. giving yourself up like that. I mean, personally, I find that to be the case with most forms of submission anyways. Mm-hmm. So, but it's also, I'd say, it's hard to describe, but I think it's a very different headspace, at least in my experience. Like, I, mm-hmm. there's another guy who I played with quite consistently until COVID hit um, here in L.A., who was much more of like a traditional leatherman. Uh, so when I met with him, we didn't really do spanking stuff. I mean, he beat my ass a bit, but he'd like strip me down. He'd put me in this leather jock strap. I'd lick his boots. Mm-hmm. A bit with like his riding crop. It was really hot, but it was also a very different headspace. And I'm trying to think of the best way to articulate how. And I think for me, it kind of comes back to that same daddy Mm-hmm. play where with that particular dominant it was much more stark uh dominance and submission where i was made vulnerable and kept in that vulnerable place and there wasn't necessarily like that caring mm-hmm. side to the play i mean we did aftercare and things like that of course, of course. but but within the actual scene that w- that did not play into things whatsoever was well, what as, well, as Whereas compared to the other guy, the initial guy who I did kind of the daddy role play with, mm-hmm. oftentimes partway through the scene, he um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's nervous laughter and also just it's so silly to say out loud. He would like I'd sit on his lap and he'd kind of hold me for a second and he asked if I was okay and then he'd tell me that okay you're gonna go back over you're gonna get like ten more with paddle or you're going to need to bend over the bed you're going to get a few with the belt um and then afterwards we'd hug (laughs) that sounds like a really intimate scene really it was it really was Mm. i we weren't really anything more than just like very consistent play partners Mm -hmm. but there was i think that there was definitely some affection there like real affection it's nice nice yeah, so spanking can be almost a way to express affection in a weird BDSM-y way. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I, I'd never thought of it like that, but that definitely makes sense. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. And in our like sort of pre-talk about this, you mentioned there are even a handful of straight guys into being spanked. Yeah, I've come across this a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Um Oftentimes I've met people who are into spanking less as like a fetish thing and more as like they actually want it for actual discipline and like actual motivation. There's a handful of people out there who are, who market themselves as professional disciplinarians. I think they're essentially sex workers, but they market themselves at least as someone you can talk to about like, like your goals and they will try to keep you on track and they will punish you if you do not stick to them. Um, so some straight guys are into it for that. I have a bit of a nagging suspicion as well for some of these guys, at least. And this is pure speculation on my part. That some of them perhaps may actually be bi or a little bi-curious and they don't have a particularly good way of expressing or understanding that that they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And banking or even other forms of kink as well kind of lets them do that i've met i've met one or two people who are definitely like that that was 
the first guy I ever like made out with and did any kind of kink play with was like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's always difficult because sexuality is complicated, and there are people that you know would consider themselves generally straight, um, but like need male energy in a very specific sort of way. And, you know, you never know someone's internal workings. They could be bi and working through stuff. They could be gay and working through stuff. Or they could just genuinely just need a male spanker um, as an authority figure in a less sexual, less than sexual way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to make it seem like I'm making a generalization about every (laughs) self-identifying straight person. But that is something I've come across and when just speaking to other guys who've expressed interest or who are into this um, I also feel like on a more of a personal level my my own kind of sexual development is very, was very strange and for a long time I was in complete denial about being into men and I kind of rationalized that by just watching kinky porn <laughs> as like a teenager and okay. I was like oh I'm not attracted to men I just have this strong desire to beat them with paddles and floggers, and that's normal. <laughs> this is this is fine. This is fine. This is this is not gay at all. I know I'm masturbating to it, but it's not gay. I mean, again, not to say that it is inherently gay, but you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Is that sort of mental loops a lot of us do when we're trying to hide or bury our sexuality? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. It turns out you can be attracted to men and also be kinky, so... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one of the great things about kink is... um, Because the actions and the scene and the NGs themselves can be the turn-on, it does allow for a general amount of fluidity. I know, like, gay men who some of the best flogging scenes they've had have been with straight women flogging them. And, like, they still get turned on. They still get the same feeling from that scene because part of the sexual energy is what's going on in the scene and not the physical, um, what's the word, energy or gender of the person they're playing with. And kink can be, like, that wonderfully, um, that sort of wonderfully confusing, mixing, blurring of lines. Sorry, one sec. Certainly. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely true. And I think that that can be very personal as well. I've thought sometimes, as an aside, kind of, about whether or not I'd be kinky if I were straight. And mm-hmm. I feel like if I was, I would probably be more predominantly submissive or exclusively submissive. I I feel, for whatever reason, that Personally, at least, gender does play a big role. Um, yeah. The energies and things like that. But, of course, that's not the case with everyone. And yeah. I mean... Kink is weird. Sexuality is weird, basically. Yeah. It's like, I know a lot of leather men... One thing I keep coming to um, when I talk to people about their fetishes is a lot of it's about sort of masculine archetypes for gay men into fetish. It is about the power play inherent in masculinity that is part of the turn on so it is always interesting to see well if you wasn't a gay man would it still be the same just gender flipped or would the dynamic be different it it's a very interesting question to me oh yeah for sure so 
So for you, uh, how did you initially get into it or come into the scene? Okay, uh, this is going to be a really weird story. <laughs> I'm just warning you now. Sure. Okay, so don't be too alarmed with how this starts, but I was, I'd say, about 12. Mm-hmm. So very early on in puberty, probably just kind of starting that. And it was a weekend, and I was reading some children's book I'd hadn't read in a long time because I had good memories of it. I think it was called The Great Brain, and it kind of took place in, like, the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And the main character was, like, this child, and there was this this guy, this, like, eight-year-old boy. And there was a chapter, because each chapter was kind of its own self-contained story, where um, they got a new school teacher. Mm-hmm. And the new school teacher was very pro-corporal punishment, and he paddled them and stuff. And for whatever reason, at the age of 12, I'm just reading this, it just stuck in my mind, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So from, and then kind of, as time went on, I kind of started thinking about it more, uh, masturbated to to the idea Mm -hmm. um, of either, of like paddling other guys, things like that. So from like a ridiculously young age kink was there and spanking was there um as for how i kind of got into the scene i mean once i turned i'm trying to remember if i was 18 or 19 i'm going to assume 19 because i was 18 when i was a senior in high school and i don't think i played with anyone that year so when i was 19 Mm -hmm. um there's a site i don't recommend using it if you're into spanking, because it's just old and buggy and not, there's not a lot of good people on there. There was a site called Spank This Hookups, which was a, like a meetup site for people who are exclusively into spanking. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I started with kink. Um, as time went on, like I said, my interest expanded, but that's kind of how I got started. Uh, and initially, it was very hard to find anyone who was willing to, to sub for me. I mean, it still kind of is. I'm quite young. I'm 22 years old. And I think, like we were talking about, for a lot of these guys, it's the daddy dynamic Mm -hmm. or at the very least older male authority figure dynamic. And you're not going to get that from someone who's either your age or more likely at that point younger than you. Yeah. Uh, I did a lot of play as a submissive. Truth be told, in retrospect, I don't think a lot of the experiences I had were the the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is sadly part of life that a lot of the early experience is people having kink tend to be uh, misjudged or they're not um, what they was expecting. And I do think we as like a community kind of need to do a bit more work on how to make things better for new young guys coming into the scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately the fact that everything happens online kind of complicates things because as an individual, you can kind of just seek out a singular person who you don't know anything about. Even if you get a good vibe from them, there's no way of knowing for sure if they're safe, if they know what they're doing. And you don't really have a community there or other people to really guide you. You're just kind of yourself on your own, just trying to reach out and find other people who share this thing. Um, So... It's tricky. There were a couple guys who, in retrospect, I like I played with more than once, 
And while I don't think they were the best scenes or the best, or they were the best play, I don't necessarily regret either because I did learn a bit more and kind of, you know, learning experiences, things like that. And also, one of them gifted yeah. me the paddle that I'm holding in my hand right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I love so I that. I love when toys and objects get handed down and they have a bit of history to them. Oh, yeah. This guy told me this was a leather paddle. It's not, <laughs> which is very confusing. It's made out of vinyl. It's very good for slapping. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so what would a general scene... Let, let's walk through a general scene. So someone is getting gone over to a guy's house and they're doing a, the spanking scene for the first time. What generally sort of happens with that? I mean, what um, would you do with a submissive? Right. If this was their first time, well, I'd probably keep things pretty light. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that they're kind of looking for that daddy dynamic. Because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, it could be foreplay. It could be in a scene that's mm-hmm. that's got a lot more, a lot, a lot of other kinds of dominance and submission going on in it. Uh, but let's assume that it's just predominantly spanking. I'd talk to them. I'd probably mm-hmm. lay out the toys I have and ask them if they're comfortable with me using them because some of them are a bit intimidating. I got mm-hmm. this one massive frat paddle, which I'm now holding in my hand, which I got. It's a bit, it's a boring story, but I got it kind of by accident, which I have not used on anyone because it terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'd show them to them and ask if it's, if it's okay, if I use them, I'll tell them I use, I'll start off very light and then mm-hmm. I'd probably sit on the bed, on a bed or on a chair, put them over my lap, mm-hmm. probably still clothed at first. I might rub my hand over their ass a bit. Mm-hmm. I'd start spanking them and slowly then soon the pants would come off the underwear, probably the rest of their clothes as well. Uh, and then eventually my hand will get tired because I don't have particularly big hands. And I'd move on to using a paddle. And I'd probably bend them over a chair or have them lie over a bed or something like that. And if they're looking to role play some kind of punishment scene, I'd probably lecture them. Which is very fun, I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they're into it, some guys like to include other kinds of quote-unquote domestic discipline type stuff. So like... Mm-hmm you put in a corner for a little bit, which is a good way for like to have a break. It's frankly the worst experience I've ever had as a submissive. <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> um, or like I once played with a guy who, because I lied to him, it was agreed that I, he would wash my mouth out with soap. Oh, really? Yeah, that was awful. And I never lied to him again. So I suppose you could say it was effective. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that sounds awful. It was. <laughs> I I don't recommend that. It wasn't. I would never do that as part of play. If I had a relationship with where like rules were established, where I was getting punished for something, mm-hmm. I'd not consent to it. But otherwise, no. Yeah, that was that was the worst feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and the, make it worst of all, you're in the bathroom and you and there's like a mirror in front of the sink, so you have mm-hmm. to look at yourself. With like soap suds or a bar of soap just wedged in your mouth. See, that sounds like you'd produce some really interesting psychological headspaces. Yeah, it's 
it's just unpleasant. I seem to recall mm. me just closed, I just closed my eyes because I just couldn't deal with mm. it. So it wasn't good for you. It wasn't. No. No. So that's the what's the one other thing I've one issue I've run into on occasion with. Like I said, I've mm-hmm. had a lot of really cruddy experiences. A lot of the guys who I played with kind of didn't have a good line between like what is play and what is like quote unquote actual discipline if that makes sense yeah and i think that's something that's really important to actually bring up about this is i mean one of the things that always i actually find myself getting uncomfortable is when i see someone in a dom on in a dom and sub dynamic um having to do actual punishment for like some sort of transgression i always automatically feel a bit uncomfortable with that Because for me, kink is always meant to be fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you're meant to always, on some level, enjoy it. And if it is done being purely to punish someone, to make them feel bad, I find myself personally getting a bit uncomfortable with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I know people that, as a sub, they overall want that sort of dynamic. It's just not something I can get into. And as you said, something about the subs being a bit, uh, sorry, the doms you talked about being a bit crummy is it clearly wasn't discussed and agreed upon beforehand. Like, yeah, this is very much something that needs to be understood and talked through quite a bit if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they assumed a lot about what you'd be into and what your limits were um, definitely wasn't a good look on their part. It was not, no. And, I mean, this was a guy who I I got into a bit of a back and forth with for quite a while because I, I would get very, I was not, like, he kept trying to do stuff like that and I was not having it. I was just like, no, I'm not here to get, quote unquote, actually punished. I'm here for a certain headspace and for a certain dynamic. And eventually I think he gave in towards the end. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, you shouldn't have to argue that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, it was frustrating. It was very mm. frustrating. And I think in this case as well, where oftentimes the thing, like the action which was play and the action which was punishment were oftentimes the same thing or were mm. integrated into the same scene. So it's like, I'm here to get spanked for fun, and it seems a little wrong for you to do that as punishment as well. Yeah. Because it blurs the lines. Mm. I feel that. I think I read somewhere. I, I can't remember where I read this. And so if this is bad advice, I apologize. But I read on some blog or somewhere that if you are going to incorporate like discipline or punishments into your uh, DS relationship, you should make sure that the punishments aren't something that you as a dominant enjoy doing. Yes. It, yeah, that is very good advice, actually. Because, it, it, again, it's that blurring of the lines. I think you really need to be able to compartmentalize it quite efficiently. Yeah. And not have fun BDSM times and punishment BDSM times blur into one another. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it, it's just a bad experience for the submissive. Mm. It's confusing and unpleasant. <laughs> and yeah. that happened to more than once so you live and you learn yeah but i mean it's also important that people 
in any BDSM scene you do, it is important to very clearly set the boundaries. And part of a dom's job is to investigate those boundaries mm-hmm. and figure out where they can go and can't go. Yeah. I mean, it's also, you know, subs also need to be able to articulate why the boundaries are there. I mean, we've talked on past episodes about, like, don't just give a laundry list of what you're into. Um, explain why you're into it and what you want to get out of it which will give a far healthier sort of understanding but again the dom should be checking these boundaries first mm-hmm. absolutely uh and unfortunately a lot of people just don't i this is a bit of a tangent but just the other day i was talking to mm-hmm. um someone who's a bit of a community uh, who's a bit of a community leader in the leather community mm-hmm. up in sacramento which is where I was living for uni. Uh, and he kind of talked to me through how he kind of, like kind of his preparation before a scene that he does mm-hmm. with, the, with the sub. Uh, and it's like a whole, he has it like all set out really where he'll, especially if like he wants to use a new toy with them, he'll show it to them beforehand. He'll tell, talk to them about what it's like. Mm-hmm. He'll offer to let them use it on him lightly. Uh, he'll He'll let them, test it out before the scene starts as well. Like he'll like on themselves and he makes all that stuff super clear. And one of the reasons why he did this is that he does this, that is, is that he feels that as a community leader and like the head of the local other association, mm-hmm. he has a bit of a duty to do th- doing that. And he hopes that like, Hey, if I do this with a lot of submissives, especially if it's their first time, they might remember this for the future and they'll carry that with them so that in the future they'll be able to be proactive about the decisions they make and they'll know what to ask and how to be more careful. That's really good. No, I think yeah. that's a very good precedent to set. Yeah, I, I thought it was really admirable, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is that sort of thing of if you're going to inflict something on it, you should at least be willing to try it at least once yourself so you understand what you're doing to another person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Cool. Um, so we actually went off way off base of the original question, which was, "What does the scene look like?" <laughs> it's fine. It happens. Oh yeah, uh, especially on this show. <laughs> I, I noticed. I listened to your last episode. Which is very <laughs> uh, in any case, so I mean, I think I got through the basics. I might like lecture a little bit. I'll spank them. Of course, if it's a first time person, I'll be super light. Like my hands are small. And they can't do a whole lot on their own. But you still want to be careful. And and even more so if you're actually using a paddle or something. Um, it's better to have a guy tell you that they've that they wished you'd gone harder than 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 have them tell you that they wished you'd gone softer. Yeah. Um so yeah. And then like I'll check in. And then a lot of this depends also just on the kind of scene. Like if we're doing the kind of disciplinary authority role play type thing mm-hmm. it could end there um or it could turn into into sex um it's very nice to get you know oh yeah they might my dick i mean <laughs> might do other things i've heard a lot of people um talk about spanking as warming up a sub's ass for them <laughs> and it is that sort of foreplay you get the blood rushing to the ass you get it sensitive and then you begin penetrative in anal play uh, i mean i've heard of that 
I have not done that that often mm-hmm. myself, but I've heard that. And I mean, a guy with like an ass with a bit of color does turn me on, mm-hmm. especially one who's given it that color. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a thought. Um, the last guy I played with before like lockdown kind of went into effect was, um, I mean, I guess he's a good example. He was very into like the daddy son thing. Mm-hmm. He into age play which isn't my thing but i am into like role-playing and authority figure so it, it worked out and this, it, the kind of scene that i'm describing is more or less what we did he called me daddy <laughs> <laughs> um he was also a couple years older than me which is just kind of hot <laughs> oh yeah uh, daddy he was like oh i'm sorry daddy as i like i, mm-hmm. I beat him with this wooden paddle and then afterwards uh he got on his knees and he sucked me off and it was great nice but i've had scenes where it just didn't turn into sex some people don't need sex i mean that's the case with a lot of kink i feel Mm -hmm. so yeah nice so so you talked about using your hands and then using implements um shall we go through a few of like the sort of implements you can use and sort of their particularities Oh, sure. I can, I can talk a bit about that. My experience cool. with using them is mixed, but I've been on the receiving end mm. more than a couple times. So, Yeah. Uh, so let, paddle, you know. Oh, sorry, continue. Uh, I was going to say, if we start with hands, because one of the interesting things you mentioned was that um, your hand starts to hurt in a spanking situ- scene. Oh, yeah. And I find that interesting that the thing you're using to cause pain is also causing you pain. Oh, yeah. Um, this isn't something that personally uh, appeals to me, but I have heard that some fetishists for this actually enjoy that. They kind mm. of feel some of the pain, like the fact that they're kind of feeling a bit of what they're giving. It's kind of reciprocal almost. Yeah. Reciprocal. Uh, which I think is quite interesting. But in general, yeah, it can hurt. Um, unless you're a guy with particularly big hands. I've met guys like that who can just go at it for several minutes. I am not like that. My wrists are tiny. <laughs> um, but, so yeah, it, it hurts a bit. And you know, I mean, in a way, that's kind of a good thing. It gives you hmm. an idea of what you're doing to the other person. Yeah. So, the other thing, so you're going to talk about paddles. I know they can come in different materials. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, the quote-unquote classic one is a wooden paddle. Mm-hmm. I got two of those. And they're pretty good. The one thing I found with a lot of paddles is that uh, it can make a lot of noise, which is something to keep in mind for starters. And also, mm-hmm. they make a lot of noise no matter how hard you hit. I just hit my hand. That wasn't that loud. And it didn't hurt that much, but the sound was a lot louder than the pain yeah. that I that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And I imagine that can be used to be quite intimidating if you're building up to a scene because it sounds worse than it is. Oh, yeah. But also, it also makes it a bit harder to measure, like, the actual mm-hmm. impact of that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you're, I mean, you probably shouldn't just be going off of the sound. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still something mm-hmm. to keep in mind. Or in some, in some cases, the first time I used this wooden paddle on someone, I was very light, but it made quite a sound. And I kind of recoiled. I was like, shit, are you okay? And they were like, yeah, I'm fine. So, there's that. Nice. Um, 
other cl- another like classic implement if you want to go for like the kind of daddy son type thing mm-hmm. is are like bath brushes and hair brushes which I kind of caution against using because they can hurt like hell because you're kind of they have very they have a very small like you're you're putting a lot of pressure yeah 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 so it's the body it hurts like hell yeah so So. it's the basic principle of the smallest the surface area the more the force is concentrated um obviously you can take this to extremes with caning so caning is a very small surface area and it can sting like a motherfucker and very Mm -hmm. easily it's much more easy to break the skin with a cane than it is sort of a wide paddle oh yeah i know (laughs) <laughs> I know all too well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, canes are another thing as well. I know that there's a handful of people who are mm-hmm. more age players who kind of like the really like, like who like the role play of like the British schoolboy getting yes. caned. Yes. Very common, I think, in some parts of the world. <laughs> well, yeah, it is that sort of classic corporal punishment image. Yeah, exactly. So. Is that um, always good to be careful if you're playing with someone who does who is using a cane, though, because you know, make sure that they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, I speak from experience. <laughs> mm, dear. Yeah, it is. Uh, so uh, belts are another thing. Again, mm-hmm. I'm kind of going through the classic ones. Mm-hmm. One thing with belts that I've been told, at least, is that I mean, you want to be careful. Okay, this is just kind of basic safety, actually. Mm. If you're using anything that's kind of whippy mm-hmm. and long, be careful because it can wrap around and it can damage a kidney, or it can. It's also just harder to control, and so yeah, I just I've never used a belt for that reason. I'm just a little terrified. Yeah, wrapping is a big problem. It's sort of. My understanding is you essentially um, try and aim the end of it. Yes. And focus the force on the very end of the belt so it's not going straight across. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Suck. Uh, so, how does the different materials, like you can get wood panels and you can get leather paddles? What's, right. um, is there a difference in feel or how they affect a sub? Oh, yeah. I, sorry, I got a bit off track <laughs> there. Um, I'm trying to think. It's. Most of the things I've been hit with have been wooden. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vinyl paddle I have is kind of more of a slapper because it's mm-hmm. so... I don't have my video on, so you can't see, but it's very whippy. Uh, mm-hmm. I can do very small taps with it, which I couldn't normally do. Okay. Um, but most paddles aren't like that. A leather paddle... I've been hit with one, but it's been a lot. It it was a while ago, so I don't actually remember what it was like. Um, I want to say that it didn't hurt as much, but it probably did, as using a wooden paddle. Uh, From what I understand, because they're more flexible, they soften the bow a little. I mean, obviously, you're still getting hit, but it's... um, And often... Yes, that's true. That's certainly true. Um, So, yeah... Uh, trying to think what other i mean leather and wooden are kind of the main materials for paddles i mean you can get you can find things i mean you can find some slightly unusual ones like again the one i have made out of vinyl 
but leather and wood seem to be the most common in my experience. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, there's a lot of things you can just, a lot of impl- other implements you can use. You can use, like, I know one guy who threatened to use a wooden spoon on me once because I was being a brat, which I've heard can hurt a lot. Again, because, you know, small, yeah. the smaller area of the impact force. But again, never experienced it. Uh, a lot of these, I think that a lot of these, like the paddle and things like that, have a lot of, or more the belt, I suppose, have a lot of like, for some people have kind of like a symbolism appeal, if that makes sense. Like, oh, it's daddy's belt. Yeah. And so how does the different materials, like you can get wood panels and you can get leather paddles. What's, um, is there a difference in feel or how they affect a sub? Oh yeah, I, sorry, I got a bit off track mm-hmm. there. Um, I'm trying to think. It's most of the things I've been hit with have been wooden. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vinyl paddle I have is kind of more of a slapper because it's so. Mm-hmm. I don't have my video on, so you can't see, but it's very whippy. Uh, mm-hmm. I can do very small taps with it, which I couldn't normally do. Okay. Um, but most paddles aren't like that. A leather paddle. I've been hit with one, but it's been a lot. It, it, ha- it was a while ago, so I don't actually remember what it was like. Um, I want to say that it didn't hurt as much, but it probably did as using a wooden paddle. Uh, from what I understand, because they're more flexible, they tend to soften the blow a little. I mean, obviously, yeah. you're still getting hit, but it's... Yeah. Um, and often a lot of the leather ones are a bit more padded. Yes, that's true. That's certainly true. I'm trying to think what other... I mean, leather and wooden are kind of the main materials for paddles. Mm. I mean, you can get, you can find things, I mean, you can find some slightly unusual ones. Like, again, the one I have made out of vinyl. But leather and wood seem to be the most common in my experience. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, there's a lot of things you can just, a lot of impl- other implements you can use. You can use, like, I know one guy who threatened to use a wooden spoon on me once because I was being a brat, which... I've heard it can hurt a lot. Again, because, you know, small, yeah. the smaller area of the impact force. Mm-hmm. But again, never experienced it. Uh, a lot of these, I think that a lot of these, like the paddle and things like that, have a lot of, or more the belt, I suppose, have a lot of, like, for some people have kind of like a symbolism appeal, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, oh, it's daddy's belt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. And so for the anatomy of spanking, it was always explained to me to imagine the arse is divided up into four. So you've got obviously the divide running left and right between the two cheeks and the Mm -hmm. cheeks have the top and bottom halves. My understanding, as it was explained to me, is you always aim for the bottom half of the cheeks. Yes, yes. Uh Partially just, I think it's partially just a safety thing because, mm-hmm. again, you don't really want to hit above the pelvis or above mm-hmm. those areas because, you know, it's just, you know, you want to be careful. Um, you can go lower on the leg. Like, um, there's this there's this idea that people have in, like, who are into this have of the, uh, of, like, the sit spots, which is kind mm-hmm. of where, like, ass meets the leg. Which yeah. Are crazy sensitive and hurt like hell. Oh, yeah, them and the internal thighs have a ton of um, nerve endings. Yeah, and you want so to be they are, 
yeah, so they are very, very sensitive. So yeah, um, traditionally it's said that like the majority of spanking should be on the ass, on, on the lower mm-hmm. part of the ass as well, because, you know, yeah. again, safety, you don't want to risk hitting like a tail, the tailbone or something like that. Um, so as we're talking about general safety, um, so obviously we talked about, you know, try and avoid the upper pelvis, kidneys, tailbone, that sort of stuff. Keep it to the lower ass. So do you just go into a scene and start whacking someone? No, you do not. No. Uh, it's good to warm up. Again, that's another nice thing about using a hand, using mm-hmm. your hand. You can very slowly build up before you use something a little more intense. And then even and even then, once if you switch over to using something else, it's best to start with you know lower pain levels of hit. Okay, that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, that came out very strangely. <laughs> uh, but you want to start with very low small taps that aren't too hard before you kind of work up because you know it gets this, the bottom used to you know what's happening gets the uh yeah flowing dolphins rushing it's like i've got a friend who's who is an amazingly good flogger and from what i understand it's the same principle of um you basically ride these waves where you start off light and build up um and wait for the endorphins to rush and then you go harder and ease off while the endorsions are off. And then you can go back in harder again as the pain tolerance of the person gets pushed up and up and up by the increase of chemicals. Right, right. Mm. And that's, again, something important to keep in mind as a submissive. Make sure you have a dom who knows what you're doing, what they're doing. Because, mm-hmm. again, a lot of people I've met don't know what they're doing. and mm. Or they try to do what, what I'm suggesting and they just don't do it particularly well takes practice i think yeah you haven't mastered it i mean i think that's important to know is um, most of these kinks take a while to practice you're not going to be perfect and i recommend always trying to learn from someone that um, has quite a bit of experience before you so if a sub's getting a bit overwhelmed how how would you deal with that uh well presumably they'd safe word Mm-hmm. They'd mention, or they'd say something at the least. I'd hope. Okay, so I'd stop. Mm-hmm. I'd talk to them. I'd ask what went wrong, and then I'd ask if they'd be willing to cont- if they wanted to continue with a lower level of intensity, or if they just want to stop. Because you know, it could be one or the other. Uh, maybe they just want things to end. I've met people yeah. who I can imagine not wanting to continue after a certain point, even if it's light. Uh. And so, or sometimes they're enjoying the headspace and they just want you to turn, tone, it, tone it down a little bit. And, you know, you should respect that. Oh, yeah, of course. It's the general rules of a scene. Like, often I recommend, especially for people starting out, um, for safe words, use the traffic light system. Yeah, red, yellow, green. I was going yeah. And the advantage that has is, like, if you call yellow, it doesn't immediately stop the scene. It just gives an indication where the DOM needs to either change pace or change direction. But it keeps the scene going. And yeah. it um, just allows for feedback that doesn't break the mood, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, oh, there was something else I was going to ask. 
Oh, I know. I was going to talk about stuff you can do after a spanking scene. So to deal with bruising. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of go-tos for like a bruised ass? Uh, So one second. Okay. So as a dominant, I don't usually push a guy that far to the point of bruising. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't trust myself. And most people I've met don't have that kind of pain threshold. Yeah. Uh, But in my experience as a submissive, I've had, you know, people will like, I had the one guy who I had quite a good relationship with, that one daddy, mm-hmm. uh, he would oftentimes rub witch hazel on my ass. It was some kind of witch hazel solution that was meant for like, I think for like soothing burns and itches and things like that. And it worked. It felt great. It was very intimate afterwards. So that's certainly a good, so something like that I would most certainly recommend part of aftercare yeah it's a i use witch hazel a lot if i've got sore muscles after the gym and it is very good for like sore muscles and bruising Mm -hmm. and i imagine that can be quite intimate if at the end of the scene you have someone rubbing a salve on the part they've just hurt oh yeah absolutely it it was honestly wonderful it was one of my favorite parts of meeting with him (laughs) (laughs) nice just it was and it really just it kind of helped kind of wind things down and things got a little more intimate afterwards and it made me feel very cared for <laughs> yeah because i think i think that might be an important part to talk about is obviously you're talking about authoritarian punishment a bit of care at the end can probably go a long way as well absolutely absolutely yeah. Cool. So, David, um, thank you for coming on. This has been most educational to me. I'm fairly new to spanking, but I think I've learned a lot here. Um, Where can people find you if they want to get in contact, like Twitter? So my Twitter is at BDSM underscore David. Underscore as like the actual punctuation. (laughs) Uh, And then my recon is Leather Smurf interesting name it was it was a joke it would it would take too long to explain (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah those are like those are my main points i'm i'm pretty active on twitter so you can find me there most likely brilliant well thank you very much for coming on it's been brilliant thank you Cool. And as always, our listeners, all our contact detail to message in about uh, to the Kinky Boys podcast is in the show notes. Um, If you've got any further questions about Raised Here, please send them in. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And as always, uh, play safe and good day. Good day.